Good morning, everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm here for Reinvent Yourself. And I am really so excited. There are not many really great reinvention books out there, I have to say. I've read them all. I've found them all. I've talked to everybody who's written these things. They're not, they're good. They, have, they sort of do little pieces here and there. I have to tell you that um, not just because I'm in it, I am in it, um, and not just because I gave them a blurb, but I only gave them a blurb because I love it. I do think that um, Mika Brzezinski and Jenny Brzezinski's book, which is called Comeback Careers, is terrific and it's a manual. That's what I like about it. Whenever I used to do anything for more, or Mary Claire, or Red Book, one of the big things was always trying to make it actionable. It was wonderful to be inspirational, but the most important thing was action. How can somebody actually, you know, put down their iPhone from listening to a podcast and do something that actually moves them forward? What I love about the book is it's a lot of research, very easily presented. It's not wonky or academic, um, but it allows you to actually. Um, there's all the how-tos and actually even scripts in there of what do you say when you've been out of the workforce for 15 years? And because that's hard, that's the problem is, yeah, yeah, yeah. People say you should go ahead and apply for that job. And then you're thinking, what do I say when I sit down in the chair across from the guy who's hiring? Like, I don't even know what the words are. So what I love is they give you the scripts. Um, and of course, you don't have to use those. You can elaborate on them. Um, but they give you the research. They give you a big kick in the butt. Um, which is, I think, also what you're going to hear both Mika and Ginny say on this podcast is you just sometimes you just got to do it. And I will tell you at that Covey Club is the same thing. I just had to jump off the high dive and do it. There are a million reasons not to. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's frightening. There are good days or bad days, but you just have to do it. So what's wonderful is the subhead is called Rethink, Refresh, Reinvent Your Success at 40, 50 and Beyond. Um, and of course, you know that um, Mika has her whole Know Your Value uh, website and group and all the things that her events and those things all go together. Generally, they were aimed at people in their 20s and 30s. This is something that is aimed at us. And we have our own issues with knowing our value. And I think they've really attacked it wonderfully in Comeback Careers. And here is Ginny and Mika and our conversation talking all about it. So good morning, ladies. How are you? We're good. How are you? Doing great. Awesome. All right. So let's start with the aha moment that led you to write this book. What well, was the thinking? It was a big one. Um, I had just finished one of my um, many kind of national events that I've done. We've done about 16 across the country, Know Your Value events, um, working with women from all walks of life, all across the country, teaching them their value and how to communicate it effectively. And I always get a huge rush from these events because we have the Grow Your Value bonus competition. And at the end of the day, you know, an, a, an incredible woman who once had no voice, just nails it on the stage, wins a bunch of cash and just has a whole new lease on life. I just love these events. So I was feeling pretty good about it. I was on the air on Morning Joe. And it was all going so well until I got a text from my sister-in-law, who is uh -huh. sitting right here. Yes. 
I didn't mean to ruin her morning, <laughs> but I was in a bit of a midlife meltdown. I had just turned that magic age of 50. Oh, and you're my a kids baby. Were, yeah. <laughs> and my kids were getting ready to leave for college. So it was like that big ground shifting underneath you thing. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't too happy in my current job. I had been working in real estate for about 10 years while my kids were school aged and for, for the quote unquote flexibility, which if anybody out there is a realtor, you'll know that that's a joke. Um, but I really felt like I wanted to do something different. I wanted something with meaning and purpose and a paycheck. And mm-hmm. I had no idea how I would transition to something. And I didn't know what my value was. And so when I saw Mika talking about know your value, I thought, you know, I feel like um, I wish know your value would talk to women like me who hadn't necessarily leaned in and who weren't necessarily, you know, in their 30s or 20s. Um, it would be a great message to bring to uh, women um, in our own demographic. And right. so I texted Mika and said, we have value too. Can Know Your Value do something for us? Uh, her text was super intense. Um, <laughs> and I, I, was like, I was like, wow, it, uh, okay. It may or may not have been in all caps. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so great. I actually was like, you know, this is something I have noticed across the country, Leslie, um, that I will do these events and I will have tangible tips that women can use, like tomorrow. And that's what I liked about the book. Very that's what tangible. I love about it. And I love watching the light bulb go off in their heads. And I would watch women in these events. They're on the edge of their seats. They're writing stuff down. They're getting it. But, and they, they leave, we're hugging, I'm signing books, and it's all good. But the women over 50, especially in this space, would always leave like, they're so excited about it, but there was this twinge of fear in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And so what Jenny was texting about totally hit me because I literally saw all those eyes in my right. mind. Like, wow, she's right. And we got on the phone and I was like, I tend to move kind of fast. No uh, joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't like to talk about things for a long time. If I have an idea, I'm ferocious about it. And I, I beat it to death until it's done. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just, we started talking on the phone and I was like, Jenny, we have to do this. I'm going to do, you know, I was already thinking of doing a book for young women. I, I need to do a three book series. I need to re-release Know Your Value because in, you know, in the five years since it's been out, so much has changed. I have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to do that. I'm doing a book for young women, which I released six months ago, Earn It with Daniela Pierre Bravo. We need a book for women in this space. And since you feel so strongly about it, why don't you co-author the book with me, which basically means do all the work, like do all the research <laughs> and everything. It's a side hustle She's for you. Kidding. I was no. not kidding. And I threw it right in her lap. And I will tell you, she, like her first answer was not yes. Fair to say? Well, the, the first deadline was not, was 60 days. So I was like, wait a second. We can't write a book in 60 days because I guess we can. I'm like, yes, I you can know. with Mika. You can, I know how Mika moves. Yes. But yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, my initial reaction was like, I've written a thousand press releases. I've done a 
lot of blog posts, but I've never written like 70,000 words, 80,000 words. And so it was a bit overwhelming, but Mika's like, you wow. can do it. You're going to do it. You're doing this. And let me tell you, that was like one of the key points of this whole book is this conversation we just had, which should mm -hmm. be had a across America as women read this book with themselves. Because, you know, Ginny's go-to was, well, I've never written a book. Who cares? Yes. Get out of your right. comfort zone. You know what? Take a chance. Maybe you'll fail. Maybe we'll, we'll figure another way to do it. But you know what? You've got to do it. The answer is yes. It's not, I can't, but well, I shouldn't. Maybe this isn't the right time. Not that she said all those things, but women in this space do that. When they sure. get opportunities that come their way and they are things that are new to them, that you know, perhaps is something they've never tried before. The fear of failure is unbelievable. They they can't even fathom the concept of failing. So instead of saying yes, they go to their go-to. You know what? I've got to finish up my daughter's high school. I've got to go to a football game. Right. I'm still taking care of my mom, which are all great reasons. But if you want to do this, you have to do it despite those reasons, which is what women who are working right now are doing. And you got to say yes. And she did. Thank God. I actually didn't let her say no. I actually <laughs> literally pinned her against the wall, but that's because I knew she could do it. Right. I was excited to have a great writer. I'm going to tell right. you a little secret. Nobody ever says no to Mika. Ever. I was just going to say, don't yeah. memo to self. Don't have a good idea around <laughs> Mika unless you plan on actually executing, right? Well, it's just so fun to push this but, platform forward. Seriously, this was an amazing opportunity for me. And uh, working with Mika on this project has been incredible. And she's um, she has being able to say I'm writing a book with Mika has allowed me to talk to people that sure. would have never taken my phone call. Right. Um, so, and I've learned so much. So it's, and it awesome. continues because now we're on book tour and, you know, Jenny's skills included, you know, public relations, media mm -hmm. relations, politics, mm -hmm. navigating. So right now she's navigating with three companies, Hachette, MSNBC, and Know Your Value and Comcast. She's, you know, figuring out the, all the dy dynamics of that as we try and push this platform forward and who does what and who you talk to about what and who you don't talk to about what. And it's all very complicated, but that's what this type of world is like. And uh, she's totally updating her PR skills That's by being in, by pushing the book herself, by being on the phone with everybody, by mm -hmm. asking questions about what hasn't been done, by coming up with concepts herself to uh, spread the message. And on top of it, she's doing it with full makeup, hair, and on TV, <laughs> which is something she hasn't done before, which is one of our main tips, which is get out of your damn comfort zone. Like you're going to get nowhere comfortable. Nowhere. Right. Zero. You're going right. nowhere if you're going to stay comfortable. That's great. Now talk a little bit. Were there any surprises about working together as sister-in-laws? Good and bad, because I'm thinking there are people out there, you know, who want to go into yes. business with friends. They want to go to business with sisters. There are good points and there are danger points too, because you don't want to blow up that relationship. So what did you learn that other people can I love this process. I mean, we had one day that we called the Valentine's Day massacre, um, <laughs> which because it was Valentine's it, Day and there was a massacre. It was. A, it was like I was just, on the receiving end. We both just like <laughs> broke down. But that—that's you know, to me, the process, the the um, grittier it can get, the better the product. 
Um, so thank God there was a massacre. Um, so we, what is that mean? Easy for you to say. What, is, what does that mean? So like people well, can understand, like what's the danger? Do you have to be well, really you know, honest? Worked, do you have to write a list of what one's going to do? No, in the, no. You don't want to blow up that relationship while no, you're writing. No. Oh, no intention no. ever to blow right. up a relationship. For me, right. when I'm in process, there's a lot of fighting at times. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, collaborating, but a really good product does not come easily. Right. It comes with, with, um, it comes with that, that gritty back and forth and disagreements and, and kind of really flushing out ideas. Right. I worked at 60 minutes and oh. I'm telling you, it got so ugly in the edit room that like people would leave crying on a daily basis. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm good with it. I grew up in the Brzezinski family, as did Ginny. So she knows how tough things can get because we're, mm. we've got Republicans, Democrats, and all over the place and dinner table conversations that are tough. But, you know, she's made for it. For me, though, what we learned is the most important part. And that is that, you know, we talk about the walls in this book that women in this space put up because they're nervous. We also learned a lot about the judgment that women who, are, who have stayed completely working in the game on one track mm -hmm. might feel about women making a comeback. Mm -hmm. And I think this book opens, I mean, this book could be for them too, because it will totally, by the time you read it, you're going to want to hire a woman over 50 as opposed to someone who's 30. Good Lord. Yeah, um, the experience you know, level. Yep. It's experience. It's also drama. It's, mm, yes. you know, I mean, how many fevers is the person going to run out the door for? Let me just do the reverse of whatever, you know, people with young kids, they got, they're, they're out the door a lot. They've got right. things to worry about. If you've already had kids and teenagers and possibly even a divorce and sick parents, and most of that is behind you, you are someone who's completely willing to, to give it all to the job and to That's be there good point. consistently. Good point. It's a selling point. And yeah. We learned together kind of like what our own fears were about our choices. And, you know, there's the mommy wars of yesterday, whatever. But, you know, Jenny and I were on very similar tracks. And I think we both were kind of jealous of the other. Am I fair to say that? I was always jealous of her, like the way she organized her family, the way she raised her kids, the way she kept it all together. And it was because of the choices she made. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of learned to you end up in the middle. Seem that there's actually no perfect choice. <laughs> That's right. There really is. I, I think we've all learned that. But in, it, working together was great. I mean, I, I, you know, I could not have gotten to some of the people I got to for this book without Mika behind me. So, um, and I also, for all the people we talked to who started their own business, and answer to your question, to a person, they all said, don't do it alone. Mm -hmm. Have a partner. Yes. Um, yes. Do it together. Um, yes. And that it, it's so hard to, to start a new thing on your own for yeah. sure. And we, we find Leslie, don't we find strength in numbers these days? I mean, it used to be that we wanted to be the only one in the room. And now I'm like, please bring in more women. We need to outnumber these people and we oh, need to yeah. like fill the room with people who have similar issues and challenges. So you don't feel alone. Let's talk about midlife crisis. Ladies, does it exist for women and how does it differ than the one for men? Um, oh, let's see. That's weird. I feel like I had a crisis at 40, like 39 and 40. That's um, midlife. <laughs> okay. 
Oh, that is? Oh, yeah. yeah starting in your forties. So mm-hmm. I was fired when I was 39 and I just thought it was freaking over. I yeah. was like, this is what I saw when I was growing up and watching Leslie Stahl and watching TV and wanting to be like these women. And I was like, wow, I've got 25 years to make that happen. Um, and then it's done. And I was absolutely convinced. And when I got fired, I think it might've been my 39th birthday. Um, and I walked out of CBS. I was like, wow, I actually like put my hands up in the air and just flopped them down. Like, Oh my God. there and, I am. And you had always thought growing up that your career would be over by the time you were 40. Absolutely. And that's how we opened the book. Yes. Is you thinking that and how wrong you were. I was, so that's, I mean, I really, I really, I spent that year desperately looking for a job with the words midlife crisis and I got fired written across my forehead. (laughs) The worst interviews you could ever have. And the thing is that as I get into 50, I'm 52 now, Mm -hmm. but Morning Joe happened um, a year and a half after I was fired. I looked for a year Mm -hmm. and the show exploded and I had this unbelievable second career that one could argue was far more successful than the first one. And and financially it was 10 times, 20 times more successful. And I never saw it coming. I'm still like, I can't believe how wrong I was. And I also feel more powerful, more strong and more fearless than I ever have. Don't you think that's also from being fired? I remember once I got fired, I was not afraid of anything anymore. They couldn't scare me. That was the worst, right? That was the worst. So what could they do? Fire you. You survived. I was so devastated by the firing. I like cried and stuff. And I like still, I took, guys are like, F you. I'm going to go across the street, get a job (laughs) and burn this place down. And women are like, what did I do? It was me. What do you think it was about me? And so I did that for a year, which is horrifying, just horrifying. Um, but I will say it was so devastating to be fired that when I was working freelance at MSNBC before Morning Joe started, um, we were doing a tryout of Morning Joe and this girl, Paris Hilton, was like the heiress. I remember this. Yeah, yes. and I, I burned the script. I remember and, this. And I honestly was like, I really don't care what happens because this is stupid and I'm just standing by what I believe. And um, I went home and went to bed because the show started so early and my phone woke me up buzzing, 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 buzzing. And it was people from all over the world wanting interviews, including like Croatia, about the woman (laughs) who who burned up the script. And I had been called in to NBC management and yelled at. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. And they were actually going to take me off the show. And then they did a big turnaround after there was this massive reaction and offered me my own show at 9 a.m. So it's just funny how things work when you go with your gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about a confidence in crisis for older women, because I, th- I feel like you started Know Your Value for the confidence of crisis for younger women. Just getting them for into all the women. Room. Yeah. But this, but I really feel like this book, as you say on the cover, is for women 40 plus, 40, 50, mm-hmm. and beyond. Definitely. I would think that by the time we get to 40 and plus, we've lived a little bit and we have some confidence. And there is there's some new research saying that um, confidence actually gets better after 40. But a tremendous amount of women feel less confident. Can you talk about that? Go ahead. 
You know, I am a pretty confident person. Um, I, when I had this little midlife meltdown, it, it was not that I didn't feel confident about myself. It's that I just couldn't figure out what to do. I, I believed in myself in a lot of different respects, but what I couldn't figure out is um, as the ground was shifting underneath me and my kids were leaving the house and I was the, the thought of doing the job I was in for the next 20 years just mm-hmm. horrified me. Um, in that one area, I, I lacked confidence. I didn't know what I would do or how I would do it. Um, and so I, I think that I, I totally agree with um, women developing more confidence, but I think there's some areas that we're, you know, that different women are less confident in than others. Yeah, I, I see this so much, and it's why I wanted to do the book. And I feel like it, it's so important they read the book because it debunks all this BS about what you're supposed to know, what you, what you don't know. I mean, we're all trying new things. Whether you've been in, this, in a business for 30 years or you're coming back in now, we're all trying new things. Technology, everything is changing all the time. What, you, what we were doing a year ago doesn't even work. I believe there's social media stuff that now I yeah. I don't even totally know about doesn't that work. That's right. I'm supposed to, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think these women feel like in this category, they feel especially like dislodged from the rest of the world and in this space in terms of getting back to work. And they feel that everybody sees it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there's really a way of composing yourself and a way of jumping on ideas and kind of... Um, an excited quality that, and, and transparent, you know, it's okay not to know how to do something. Let's figure it out because that's what we're all doing. And, and as you know, Leslie, the workplace is changing now. Yep. Like a, as we speak, it's incredible. People like don't come into work anymore. I know. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I was going to say um, you don't, I think you're in Florida most of the time now, right? Oh, it, it really depends. But you know, that was un, unthinkable two years right. ago. And so, I didn't even know that. It's so funny. It took yeah. me, I, did, I had no idea because it's so well done. I had no idea. Yeah. And so I think they need, to, you know, really to read the book and understand that they're in it with us and that they have value and that it's about, you know, coming in there and being realistic. If you're, if you're, you know, really starting over after 15 years, it may be that you have to take a huge step back. I took a huge step back after one year. I went from 60 minutes to doing overnight cut-ins for MSNBC. Let me tell you, that's a big change. Um, But, you know, I just met doing the Today Show this week. The stage manager took a 15-year break. Her name is Chris. She's 57. And she is now, she was stage manager for, um, I believe it was some sports and entertainment shows. And she got a job as stage manager for the Today Show. She's the main stage manager and she's 57. It was a huge comeback. My best friend, Laura Urlacher, was looking for a job for 15, maybe more years and she's interested in... Um, Just so that doesn't scare everybody, she wasn't actively looking for 15 years. She was out for 15 years. Ah. And that just really pushed it. And constantly okay. staying relevant, though. Yeah. Always reading yeah. about okay. it. So whenever I saw her, she was reading up on power and government. I'm like, God, that's boring. What are you doing? She's like, this is what I do, and I'm trying to stay relevant. Um, but she was looking a lot over the course of 15 years. Right. Just got an amazing job of director of government affairs for GE Power in Washington. She went from zero to 65. 
So right. it happens. Yeah. But you got to have your mind open for side yes. hustles, for sideways in the door. I mean, Ginny's now full-time on this platform, but she's now qualified for at least three jobs she wasn't qualified for yes. two years ago. Yes. At least. <laughs> yeah. What? Let's talk about networking because you have a big portion of the book talking about networking quickly. What do women need to do and think differently about networking? Because we know that that it's what 85% of all jobs are gotten now today. Right. It's really not the computer algorithm. It's Correct. people recommending you for something. So the, what are they doing? I like to say this is about having strategic conversations. Um, if you're a parent and you're at a soccer game, for example, um, it, don't just have the conversation about what your kids are doing or the weather. Talk to other parents, ask them what they do and tell them that, you know, you are looking to transition to X industry or that, um, you know, you've been um, home with your kids for a few years and now you're looking to go back. And people like to help other people. It's about having those kinds of conversations. Or if you're thinking that your network is all people like you and maybe you've been home for a few years, it doesn't matter. Those people, someone in your network may have a cousin or a sister or a friend who is in the industry that you are looking to return to. So networking is not about icky. Um, and the way people network now is, you know, on walks, on hikes, on, um, you know, getting together um, after a yoga class. It, it doesn't have to feel gross. Um, yeah. It's good. Why do women feel it's gross, though? Men don't feel know, it's gross. It's Why do we feel that way? So I'm so sick of us. <laughs> yeah. Because I think we feel that it's not authentic. Yes, yes. And, well, okay. you need to start making it authentic that you want to make money and make some connections. There's just nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It feels inauthentic because it feels untoward because women have weird feelings about making money for themselves. Yeah, yeah, this ends yeah. now. Like yeah. there is nothing inauthentic about wanting to network, meet some people, have some strategic conversations about getting ahead for you. Like someone will look at you straight in the eye and be like, oh, that's kind of cool. All right, let me help her out. That sounds, well, maybe she can help me too. Of course you want to think of what you can do for the other person, but there is nothing wrong with wanting to make some cash. It's so funny how that still hangs around. It's it tough. It's tough. It's I understand crazy. that. Yep. Let's talk about the stinky old freaking resume. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Do we have to? I think that's a big barrier for a lot of people who've been out. They think they've got to create this old paper resume. Where are you guys with the digital resume? Skip the resume. No, a, a LinkedIn page instead. What's your. All of the HR people and career coaches I spoke with said, you still need a resume. You have got to have a resume. Um, it's not and, the only thing you should have. And you should also have a LinkedIn profile. Um, your resume is, you know, shows what you have done, but it also at the top, you need to outline um, what your skills mean. Like what value would you bring to an organization? Um, mm -hmm. You need to have your, the top of your resume uh, portion, be able to connect the dots for people. The LinkedIn profile is huge because in your resume, you have to use very abbreviated language. You have to, um, you know, use very formal language. In a LinkedIn profile, you can really um, speak more naturally and talk about how you got into this industry. Uh, you know, one of the biggest fears for women who are returning after a career break 
um, is that there, how do I talk about volunteer work? Does volunteer work belong in a resume? Does it belong in a LinkedIn profile? Uh, You know, sometimes no, sometimes yes. It depends on what you've been doing. But if there's a way that you can talk about it in more business-like terms and quantify it like I, you know, raise X dollars for for the organization, um, expanded, um, you know, uh, expanded this organization by, you know, this, this much, um, led this organization. Um, if you can talk about it in, in business terms and then give specific data and quantify, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. good. Well, it also, Mm -hmm. for me, this exercise of put, you know, putting together even a resume or piece of paper that someone may never look at. Um, it's important. You know why? Cause it, anything to help you get comfortable with the information about you and for those words to come out of your mouth, to pop into your head, uh, for you to be able to think about different ways of quantifying your value for this resume, for this job, for this resume, for this job, that's more information that you are emotionally and mentally comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a, it's a worthy exercise, even if they put your resume down and just start talking to you, because then you have those words. And you have That's those ideas. And, and here's the other thing that people don't realize is, is your resume, you need to adjust it for every job you apply for. Um, you, need to, you, you should go in and make adjustments and make them see what your value is for that job. Um, and it may mean that sometimes you have to word things differently. You have to prioritize different things. But um, a, a resume is a dynamic document. That's interesting. Okay. That's unusual. So what is the most surprising discovery you made about women while writing this book? Was there any big sort of surprise that shocked you? Because you guys have been working with women for a long time. Go ahead. Um, I guess it surprised me um, just how many women felt like I did, um, that felt you know, I, I would be talking to these women, I'd be looking at them thinking how amazing they were and how any company would be so lucky to have them. And they'd be telling me how bad they felt about themselves and mm-hmm. how they felt like, you know, they couldn't do something. And I'm sitting there thinking, you're so flipping awesome. And this is how you feel about yourself? Right. How is this possible? And that mindset, what I found surprising, that mindset leads them to be super sensitive. And they oh. overhear everything that comes their way, or like oh. a little a little kerfluffle, or a you know a missed a missed whatever moment or whatever is just the end of the world. Mm. And it's very similar to women starting out, except for these women, they feel the stakes are so much higher. They don't have time. They feel oh my gosh, they're being looked at for their age, maybe judged for their decisions and. There's just so much going on in their head and that sensitivity is highly reactive. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what they need to do is to bring that down so they can really take in their learning experience of either starting a new job or going through interviews or taking on a project that's not necessarily in their lane, but hey, it's something to do to get going. And they're just, it's their, their, um, sensitive to the point where it's not constructive for them. Not constructive. And so it's like that you need a mindful approach, equally as aggressive as mindful to getting back in there and understanding there's going to be bumps along the way. It's not going to be perfect. You cannot, you cannot force this to be perfect. Awesome, ladies. Is there anything that you wanted to say before we close? We're at the end of our little talk. It's been so great. 
Well, I love this, and I really appreciate, uh, Leslie, that, that you had this conversation with us. And I just want to say I, I so enjoyed the process, even the Valentine's Day massacre. That was all good. I love that <laughs> stuff. It has been a great process, and I'm certainly lucky to have a sister-in-law oh, like me. Oh, isn't that sweet? Now, where can everybody find you and the next things that you're going to be doing with the book? So the book's available on Amazon. We are, let's see, um, doing a lot of local affiliates this week. Okay. And uh, national shows like Stephen Colbert. Oh, when is that? That's tonight. Oh, okay. We'll be past that. Okay. Um, We might do Dr. Phil. We have a request for that. So we're very excited. And uh, you'll see us all over social at at Mika Know Your Value and at Mika Brzezinski. And what's your Instagram? At Jenny BRZ. There you go. Um, oh, oh, and we're going to be on Morning Joe in the next couple of weeks. And Great. Leslie, we're going to be in your neck of the woods in March. Um, we're, we're, we're in the um, New Orleans Book Festival oh, in yeah. Tulane. Mm-hmm. Oh, my uh, God. Okay. Yeah. We, have to, we have to let everybody know that so that they can come to you. Do you know what the day that is? Uh, I, I don't we'll know specifically what day Mika is going to, to be there. But I, I know the book festival is somewhere around the 19th and 20th. Awesome. Well, that would be great. Okay. Let me know and we will make a big to-do for you down here. Love it. We're excited. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. Love Kobe Club. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye. So everyone, thank you for joining us today on Reinvent Yourself. I thought that was a great conversation. These two ladies really, really do want to change the way women think about themselves. And I love the fact that they just do it. And so much of life is just doing it. And I hope that you'll check out their book and I hope that you'll sign up for Covey as a full subscription. And I hope you'll also come to Covey Club and sign up for our subscriptions. Um, We have a great Covey Connect app now, and we've got all kinds of events that are coming up that are gonna be really meaningful. Um, We're already planning Savannah 2020. We had 55 women go with us to Arizona, and people were freaked out at how fabulous it was and how many connections they made for business and friendship. And then we have a big event coming up in uh, June where we're going to bring a bunch of you to New Orleans, which is my new home. And we're gonna have, it's gonna be music, food, and learning. And we're gonna learn all about women in the South and women in New Orleans at the same time. And people who've reinvented themselves here so successfully, but you may not have heard of them. Anyway, so I hope you'll join us for that. And please give us some stars if you like the Covey, uh, if you like Reinvent Yourself and our uh, broadcast, I would love it if you gave us some stars. That's how other people find us and continue to be with us. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time.